This is Relationship, a podcast presenting a gay look at traditional relationships and values. With your hosts, the Cratellis. I'm Marco. And I'm Tony. Hello. Hello. It's, it's me. <laughs> Go ahead, Adele. Hello from the other side. <laughs> I was going to say hello, famous person. Oh, I'm not famous. Uh, well, you I mean, were surrounded by fame. I'm somewhat famous. <laughs> I'm a little famous. <laughs> Just a little famous. He's a legend in his own mind. For sure. um, <laughs> oh, it wasn't that big a deal. I'm back from California. Not just California. Do you like my tan? Y- yes, you appear very dark. I got, <laughs> <laughs> I got a good California tan and got good weather, so I'm feeling all kinds of good. That's not all you got. Tell everyone why you were there. Well, I was there for work. And oh yeah, I got uh-huh. to. I was there. I was. I let me finish. <laughs> I was there for work, and uh, it was great because I got to participate in a really cool opportunity where essentially I was a part of like the whole gifting scenario for all of those wonderful celebrities that went to the Academy Awards. Yeah, so it was really cool. Kind really of a big deal. I mean, when, it's a deal. When people say, oh, I had to go there for work, it's normally meetings and boring stuff and projections and progress on a project. I mean, no, I did all you, that. You, no, you <laughs> hung around a bunch of celebrities and gave them gifts. I mean, it wasn't a bunch of celebrities. Let's take it down just a little bit. But it was oh, a really good because unknown people go to the Academy Awards. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I would ask you to list who they are, but they're unknown. Yeah, for sure. You wouldn't know, you wouldn't know it if it was a celebrity. I could throw out a name. I mean, there's like a one in ten chance. Yeah, I would right. Know. Uh, no, it was a really good time. I had so much fun. It's just I love. Uh, I don't. First of all, I love going and visiting California. So that's always like a good time. Trying to figure out what to wear when you live in New York and it's cold as shit. And then you have to travel to a nice place like California where it's like beautiful weather. It's always a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, because your stuff's normally in storage. Correct. And then on top of that, it was, uh, you know, again, you have this like beautiful event and it's like, oh, my God, people are going to see me and look at me and like, talk, like, what am I going to wear? So it was, a, it was a little bit overwhelming. However, I did manage to keep my cool a little bit together and um and it was fun i had a really good time i'm glad to be back um i know you're glad i'm back because yeah. you always have your little freaker outer moments yeah they're becoming less and less but yes i i do not like it when you go away mm-hmm. so yeah it was a good time and so i'm glad how are you how's life what's going on in your world better now that you're back and i have nothing as exciting as academy awards to report well no you don't no so I think that means we should probably what jump into our hashtag gay relationship goals. That sounds smart. Wow, you really are boring, huh? I am. You you know this. <laughs> He's like, I don't even want to talk about me. Let's just talk about somebody else because they're way more interesting than Let's I am. Let's do it. Boom. Um, well, as a reminder, every week Tony and I will pick a wonderful queer couple and highlight them as our hashtag gay relationship goals. Our hope is to bring these relationships to the forefront and give a sense of positivity and perspective to the gay relationship narrative. If you and your partner are interested in becoming our hashtag gay relationship goals, or if there is a queer relationship that you admire and would like to bring to our attention, please reach out to us. Please. Like, seriously. Do it. (laughs) Tag us on some of these adorable couples photos on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Our handle is at Pod Relationship. 
Tony and I will take a look at these photos and posts and could potentially highlight you and your partner on an episode of the podcast. So this week, we are highlighting um, a couple that I happened to stumble upon uh, a little bit at towards the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I really was fascinated. Again, you know, sometimes images, this is what I love about Instagram, I- images speak to me. Um, and sometimes, like, seeing images of people and, like, the love and the togetherness and, like, the cuteness that becomes a relationship um, will stop me dead in my scroll. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened with our hashtag gay relationship goals for this week, which is um, Nate Koch. Um, you can find him on Instagram. He is at Nate P. Koch. That's K-O-C-H. Um, and then his absolutely adorable boyfriend, who is Justin Leisner, that is at Justin Leisner, that is L-I-E-S-E-N-E-R. Um, and they're both on Instagram. So I love, so first of all, I love a working professional. Um, so Nate is a uh, manager of social marketing and brand PR at Kohl's, which, hello, that's kind of a wonderful title. It is. It's kind of really cool. Um, And then his boyfriend, Justin, um, is, I I don't know what he does, but he just, I don't know, he seems fun. I don't, I know what I never got to do is look at what his mantra is. I never translate. I mean, I guess I can translate. Oh, yeah, you could translate it. He does. Yeah, it would be interesting. Who wants can, I think is what that translates to. So I think that that's like super interesting, but um, I I don't know. He seems super, he seems like love. You know, when you look at somebody, you could tell they're smart. Mm. That's what I get from him. Like Mm. he just seems like he's just like one intelligent cookie. I don't know if that's a thing. Cookies intelligent. They they can be if they're full of walnuts because they look like brains. Um, Yeah, his his boyfriend Justin. His page is full of pics of his pups and what appears to be very interesting friends. Uh, I just want to be a part of some of the conversations that I think are happening there. He also has an exceptional eye for photography, especially perspective. Yes. Um, and his use of positive space, right? So negative space being that blank space. He actually like, he fills the positive space. I don't even know if that's really a term. I know negative space is, but, um, you know, he just, there's something about the content and the quality of his photos. And there's something that just like draws you into every single one. They're so unique, but still every day, like their structures, their nature, there's animals, there's them going places. Like it's not, you know, this incredibly strange, you know, super close up of textures. You can't figure out what it is or experimental mixed media. Like it's, it's naturally occurring or, or normal life stuff. It's the eye for, it's literally the eye for art that I don't have. Like what I like to, <laughs> like it's funny, like I can take a mean selfie, but like when you ask me to take like a picture of like a sunset or a landscape and stuff like that, I always get it wrong. Um, but I just love how good he is at that. And I love both of them because they have like a really keen eye and I think it's fantastic. Um, I also love like Nate, he is, he's an active uncle and you know, just like you, he's yes, just like me. He's adorable. Like, and it's just fun. And he looks like he's just quirky and has like a great personality. And, you know, he looks like he has a ton of love and they just look so happy together. And I just really enjoy again, every once in a while, you'll scroll through that beast that is Instagram and sometimes you'll go to like the explorer page which sometimes can be 
a hot mess of a situation mm. and scroll through. Um, but sometimes images will stop you dead in your track. And that's kind of how I stumbled upon them. And I just loved them. I thought that they were super fascinating. And I was like really into them as a whole. And I'm just so glad that I did. Um, and so you all definitely should feel the same way I do. And Tony does as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> they love to eat and they love share, which I'm totally here for. Okay. Well, I mean, what else is there, right? Mm-hmm. Life is done as we know it food and a deal um i will tell you though that they're fans of taylor swift which is a little suspect to me i can't trust people who (laughs) like taylor swift but that is just my personal opinion but i'll let it go because they're so adorable anyways that it's not a big deal for me Mm. um but you guys should definitely follow them on instagram um nate is at nate p koch which is k-o-c-h and that's on instagram and then of course you can follow his lovely boyfriend at justin leisner that's at j-u-s-t-i-n l-i-e-s-e-n-e-r and that is on instagram as well please follow them like all of their pictures tell them the cretelli sent you and um i don't know have some fun fall in love with them too we're gonna take a quick 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 break And uh, we'll be back in just a bit so that we can solve the world's problems. Hey, folks, it's your favorite host, Tony. And Marco. We need to ask a favor. Please stop what you're doing this very moment and head to your favorite podcast directory and rate and review relationship. We know, we know. It's a big ask, but we need your help in getting the word out about the podcast and your reviews are the best ways to make that happen. So if you have two minutes, please go and give us a five-star rating. Then write a review and tell everyone about how much you love our voices. Or how we're your favorite hosts. Or that this really important conversation is helping you along the way. Just a few ideas, you know, in case you get writer's block. (laughs) Anyways, we appreciate your help and thank you for the support. Your participation will only make relationships better. We're going to get back to the show now, but we love all of you. Thanks. Thanks. So we have a very interesting topic to talk about today, huh? We do. I think it's a very tough one to talk about because it's a, I don't know, it's a very strong one to talk about, huh? It is. It's difficult. Um, It's challenging for anyone, especially for people who are not super confrontational. Um, But this week we're going to talk about how to fight fairly. Ding, ding, ding. Which is interesting, right? Because within itself to like think that you have to talk about like fighting fairly, like in a way that makes it so that both people are being heard and feel good about the end result of it. I think it's just really important, but it's just bizarre to think about. You have to talk about like the good ways to fight with your partner. Mm -hmm. It's challenging though, but, but you have to do it, especially in a relationship. Look, you know, we've been together for, it'll be 10 years this year. And that within itself has had a lot of fights within it. It has. Um, And by fights, we mean arguments, of course, right? Nothing physical ever. Um, But uh, it's, it's really, really, it's just weird. It's weird because, again, we don't always do it correctly, um, especially when emotions get caught up in the f- argument. Right. Um, but it, it, it's it's an interesting topic. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's it's normal. Like, first, we should really say it's normal to fight. Like, that is a normal thing. Like, passionate people who care about what they're involved in, like a relationship, um, you know, they're not always going to agree. Perfect compatibility is an illusion. Um, but, um, you know, there is a way to do it right. There's a way to um, be respectful um, and to, you know, just remember that there is love even when you're not feeling it <laughs> in the forefront. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Um, so I, we read a few articles. One of the articles we read was uh, in Psychology Today, uh, Dr. Frederick Newman, MD, MD um, wrote uh, like this really amazing article about like fighting and, and how arguments are normal mm-hmm. um, and how it's just like it's a normal thing. And essentially, I'm kind of paraphrasing um, the entire article, but essentially he was saying that he doesn't like treating people or talking with people that believe things like, you know, uh, not to argue or, you know, not to lose your head over anything or like to keep it all in because essentially that is like restricting you from emoting, right? Yeah. And, and arguing is and and having feelings and and, and fighting about these things is, is is normal. And uh and I and I really, really loved that. And he literally said, you know, it is super unhealthy to not be able to express yourself by mm-hmm. way of, of argument. So sometimes you have to shout. Sometimes you can you know, be monotone <laughs> regarding the situation, but one way or another, you need to get the feelings out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we talk about, we call it being a whole person, right? And, and you, both people in the relationship are a whole person and they need to express themselves completely. And sometimes that's not going to jive with what your partner thinks, or sometimes there's going to be behaviors that happen that are not, um, you know, kind of what your partner's into or looking for. Um, but, Again, it's normal. Um, and, you know, I'm not a person who's in love of uh, confrontation. You don't mind it. Um, I don't shy away from it. I don't, yeah. like, seek it. Like, it's no. not something that, like, but I'm you don't like, back dying to do. But, like, if it presents itself, then it better get ready for me. <laughs> Marco's always got his ass kicking boots on. For sure. <laughs> I sleep in them. <laughs> Pretty sure they're sewn to your feet. Um <laughs> But but there but there is a way to do it right, and that's what we're going to talk about um, today. So I think for me the first thing is um, the importance of listening. Um, so so often we talk and we're just waiting for our turn, um, and we're not really listening. And there's tons of books uh, on this, and not not just books about relationships, but like even like the Seven Habits talks about this, or um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Like they talk about it, like. This idea of seek to understand first um, and make that your goal and priority. And that in this sort of situation with fighting um, actually has two uh, advantages that it gives. One, of course, is that you will actually fully understand what your partner is saying. The other is you kind of move out of the defense when you do that because it's really easy to feel attacked in an argument. Mm-hmm. Um, and by making it your priority to understand the other person as opposed to defending yourself, um, I think can lead to 
just better conversation, you know? Absolutely. Um, so there was another article that uh, I had stumbled across. It's an old article. I think it's like from 2014. Um, but I really enjoyed so funny this that article. Old now. <laughs> it's just a teeny bit dated, but it's, um, uh, you know, this article was written by a writer, a CEO of Alumnify, um, AJ Agrawal. I think I said that correctly. Um, but it was written for inc.com, inc.com, which is actually a business business. It's like a business, Mm -hmm. uh, magazine and like web and all that, like, which I thought was great. But the article was, you know, four ways great leaders handle arguments. And it was fun to read this because even though it's supposed to, you know, help you by way of things that take place in, you know, in the office and, you know, or factory or wherever it is that you work. I felt like it really worked well by way of relationships Mm -hmm. because to your point, the first one that he points out was listen before speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, And he thought that that was great. And he even says in the article to take three beats before, after the person's last sentence before you respond. And sometimes that will then give the person the opportunity to even say more because sometimes they'll feel like they, you know, weren't necessarily finished and they have more to say. And then sometimes it will also let them know that you heard what they said and that you're like processing it at least for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I know for you and I, that's advice we could take when we fight. Cause that's when, you know, our arguments are not being productive anymore is we just start interrupting each other. For sure. For <laughs> sure. For sure. Um, the next thing that he said in this article that I loved was taking the blame and apologizing, which I thought was so profound. It would, surprise you at how little of the argument could take like you could literally end the argument if you just said you know what you're right I am so sorry like and and now it's no longer a thing yeah well there's no argument to be had yeah you took responsibility (laughs) well and it's you know there's a there's a great um teaching in Buddhism um, by this wonderful uh, Bodhisattva monk um, that I keep on my desk because it's something I try to just use to train my mind um, every day. And one of the things that it talks about is giving the victory, right? So just give the victory to the other person. Like you don't, you don't need it. Um, Even if the other person is wrong, let them, let them have it. Um, there's another article that we were reading that's really great where he talks about like my grandmother said if somebody backs themselves into a corner, look the other way while they get themselves out and then pretend like it never happened. Mm. Um, I think like it's about saving face, right? But it can apply to this sort of situation too, where you just, just let the other person have it. You don't like your ego strength is enough. Um, you should be secure enough in yourself to be able to just say, like you said, you're right. I'm taking responsibility for my part in this. Here it is. I'm not going to argue with you about it because you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's tough though. It is tough. And I think that you said something that was very uh, important and that I want to point out. And one of the things that I've been trying to do differently by way of our arguments is uh, all too often we think that, uh, we have to be right. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we argue because we, I need you to know and hear what I'm saying and know it to be true. And that's dangerous, especially since that truth belongs only to me. Mm. It doesn't necessarily have to be your truth. And 
part of the problem is that all too often in an argument, you're trying to argue your point and get the other person on your side. And that's not what an argument is supposed to do. Can you tell me any time that tactic has ever worked ever in history? I No, no, it never uh, works at the all. The whole point of debate is to harness your own craft of debate. It's never to change the other person's mind. Absolutely. Just, yeah, you know, and, and I think that that's part of the problem is all too often, you know, we'll, we, you and I will argue and it's, you know, well, this is what's happening and this is what you did to make me feel this way. And you need to know that, like, you need to know that you need to hear what I'm saying. And that has to be true for you. And that again, it's just really dangerous because realistically you're like, oh my gosh, like, I was just doing this because this is what I do, but I wasn't doing it for the intention of like hurting your feelings or making you feel that way. And, you know, so like, and I, you know, and then I can come back in the argument and say, yeah, but like, I need you to know that you're doing this and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, cool. But like, that's just not what I was trying to do. And and I get that you feel that way, but you know, and then you end up going, in circles, right? Arguing mm-hmm. the same thing over and over again with no end in sight. <laughs> and it's not fair. It, it, it just doesn't work correctly. No. Um, and so I think we, uh, when it comes to arguing, kind of to your point, I like what you said regarding like just let them have it. But sometimes we have to realize that like when we do get in an argument with one another, it's not about fucking winning. No. It's, it's, there is no winner. There is no winner. It's not about winning. Sometimes it's about just expressing a feeling um, and letting that just be true for you and making the other person aware. And hopefully the person that you're in the relationship with, or, you know, in this ink.com scenario um, person that you're working with, like everyone knows, acknowledges, everyone's good, understands, and then you guys can move on and then they'll try to slowly, but surely like be, uh, considerate towards your feelings mm. in the future. And I think that that's important. Yeah. And, and more to your point, you know, that's where the, you know, really simple um, tactic of saying I statements instead of you statements in an argument, it, it's subtle, but it can shift things a great deal. So instead of saying, you make me feel this way, you can say, sometimes I feel blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't like it. I don't like it when, you know, like you just, you keep saying I statements, um, and, and it becomes just a little different. Um, and you know, people can't tell you you're not feeling what you're feeling. So combining that with, I feel, um, you know, can be a really good tactic. So instead of saying, um, you know, you, um, you uh, go and you spend this money on this stuff and, you know, you don't care um, that, you know, we have to, like, work really hard and do without. You just are unaffected by our budget. Instead of saying that, you know, you can say, I feel unsafe when um, spending occurs like this. And I feel uh, alone when I feel like I'm making these sacrifices and I see you getting the thing that you want. Like if you just, just that simple stuff, then it's not about what you're doing wrong. It's about how I'm feeling and what you can do to help me feel better. Better. Sure. For sure. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Um, on that ink.com, um, what you know on the article that we were talking about the next thing that i thought was really cool was the ask questions number three was asking questions and i thought that was really great because i don't know that in an argument we're ever sane enough 
to stop mm. to ask questions. Mm-hmm. I think that it tends to be rapid fire in an argument, right? Like you're just unleashing all of your uh, gripes. <laughs> yeah, the only question you ask is, how can you say that? <laughs> sure. So I thought that this was really great because, you know, they were saying in this article, you know, the cause of an argument is rarely found at the surface. The challenge is searching through the argument to discover the real root of the issue. Um, Great leaders are exceptional at this because they ask a ridiculous number of questions. So next time you're in an argument, use the rule of five whys. Um, ask over and over again why this happened, and by the last why, you'll discover where the true is, uh, the true issue is. Um, and then another benefit is that the person you're arguing with will discover the real problem through the process as well. And I thought that that was so fascinating because I, I don't again I think when you're in the middle of an argument, you're not like trying to be considerate about whether or not like the person like is like fully comprehending what's going on you're not asking questions you know it was funny for me uh, in reading this is so i'm going through this um lean certification which is this thing that uh toyota came up with that's about you know um being more efficient and um looking at processes and it's a quality um management sort of a thing a project management um method but it's a really great one and when i was reading this article i was thinking gosh you know i never thought to do a root cause analysis on my relationship <laughs> but it but it makes sense so like if you do the five whys or the fishbone or like whatever whichever one you want to do but like if you look at that like if i were like to say to you okay so um so you're really angry right now why because I did this. Why? Why does that make you angry? Because it makes me feel that like, and you just keep digging down, like you will eventually hit to where you can't ask why again, you don't always have to get to five. And sometimes it's more than five. Um, But typically five is for whatever reason, the magic number, like people just are able to drill down to that point. But if you ever did that with uh, an argument, I just I think it would be quite interesting. Yeah, I, I like I said, I read that and, and thought that it was just the most fascinating thing ever. Because again, I was I, I don't know that in the middle of an argument, anyone's ever that level headed mm-hmm. that they know to like be able to do that and ask dig what I like to call dig deeper questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that that was super fascinating. I loved that. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing in this article was talking about working together. And I think that, you know, that goes without a ton of explanation. You know, you cannot do a, you cannot be in a relationship whether it's you know romantic whether it's uh, working or anything of the sort without working together and your whole goal should be figuring out how to work together harmoniously on a certain topic or feeling or issue yeah i mean you should really instead of having an opposing approach you should really try to create some sort of common ground um because it's it's a solution that's supposed to work for both of you. You know, this is not about, like you said, it's not about one person being right and one person being wrong. It's not about one person getting their way. It's about enriching your relationship and figuring out how to smooth over a bumpy part. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you said in the beginning, like you and I have been together almost 10 years. We have had in those 10 years, we've had a ton of great stuff. Um, and we have had lots of arguments. And when I look back, like those arguments are such a small amount of everything that we have, but they were just as important as the good memories um, because they taught us how to 
understand each other better. They taught us how to be more honest with ourselves um, and our own shortcomings. Um, and they made it to where we could move forward. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, Dr. Frederick Newman, MD, uh, and that Psychology Today article um, had also given some tips. Well, not really tips, but some bullet points on like bad ways of arguing, mm-hmm. which I thought was super fascinating mm-hmm. as well. Um, so, you know, number one, he says, uh, when one person tries to dominate the other, this has nothing to do with saying how strongly someone feels about something. It has to do with establishing who is the boss. So kind of almost bullying the argument, mm-hmm. you know, um, which I thought was like super fascinating. Um, number two, he says name calling. No one in a family should call another family member a name. Insulting someone is not part of a good argument. Certainly no one should spit on a spouse, which I, that just, I th- it should go without saying. <laughs> but apparently he's had three cases in which it's happened. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was super fascinating. Yeah, don't, don't spit on me. <laughs> yeah, I will do my best. Um, <laughs> Um, number three, he says no one should physically threaten someone else or scare somebody by seeming to be out of control, let's say by punching a wall or throwing things. And I thought that that was super interesting as well. I mean, again, those things don't exist in our relationship, Mm -hmm. but there's also, I I can see how it, you know, if you and your husband are arguing and your husband, you know, punches a wall afterwards, that kind of... Uh, kind of traumatizes you for a certain period of time because you think that that's the way everyone reacts in an argument, whether professional, whether romantic, you know, or friendly or family familial or anything of that sort. Yeah. I've had, I've had a few friends who have told me that they have done that. And I've, and I've often thought, you know, if, if I ever got that angry, like I would go in the other room and like punch a pillow um, or like scream into a pillow. I think that would be helpful, but I've never, I've never been that overcome with, you know, rage or, or, or just emotions that strongly. Um, but I do think if I did, I think I would want to not do it in front of you. Um, and if I felt like I had to do that routinely, I would probably find a way to get in front of it, like maybe take a boxing class or something. Um, or I would have to look at the relationship that I'm in. That's making me feel that way regularly. Sure. Because like, why risk your security deposit? (laughs) Well, and who wants to spend the afternoon drywalling and painting? I mean, or a wall, <laughs> right. That's like so stupid. That's dumb. Um, people should not. You're dumb. Bring, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> you laughed. That's all that matters. Um, people should not bring up the past or attack the other person's character or compare the other person to some other disliked member of the family, i.e. you're just like your mother, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. This really hit home. Like this oh, one, I'm sure it did. This one really hit home. Um, because I think, uh, from a, like, psychological standpoint, uh, a person will do that to a partner, mm-hmm. um, to try to, like, uh, weaken their it's argument. It is very sure. manipulative and it's awful. It's very terrible. And I'm not even going to deny the fact that I'm so guilty of it. Um, and it, it has, it, it, can, it cannot stand. It's crazy. It's not a good technique. It's not fair, Mm-mm. and it and it really um, minimizes the growth that your partner has had. 
Um, and it, and it can really, depending on how they feel about that particular family member, you know, it can really trigger things to become much worse. Uh, It it just literally escalates the argument. Like it it does, it does nothing good. It's crazy. I, and like I said, I I can't imagine what would motivate someone to say that other than wanting to piss off their partner. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, number five says no one should refuse to do something he has agreed previously to do. Um, I thought that that was very interesting. Yeah, you're not there to punish and be petty. Right. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, number six is nagging is undesirable. Um, if the partner knows how the spouse feels, that is all that is necessary, even if the outcome of a particular argument seems unsatisfactory. And I thought that that was super interesting, too, because, you know, nagging is is completely undesirable, right? It is. However, we why do we end up nagging? To because probably something, because we don't feel like we were heard because something didn't get done, mm-hmm. and so you have to kind of like repeat yourself and then keep checking in and doing those things. And so I thought that that was really interesting because I was like, I, I, I nagging is not normal. Like no one should ever like start by nagging, but at the same time, it's kind of like, but why wouldn't my partner just like? do what I said. <laughs> <laughs> and the honest answer is lots of reasons. <laughs> and, and, and it's crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you got to look at those things and then you got to figure out whether or not your partner is being an asshole or whether what you're asking is unreasonable or what's going on as to why they're not partic- actively participating mm-hmm. or listening. Cause I think that that's like super important too. Um, lastly, number seven, no one should sulk. Sulking is designed to punish the other person. People who sulk tend to sulk repeatedly. Um, a spouse will go through different stages over the years. First, he or, she, he or she will try to find out what is bothering the other person and usually try to sort the argument out. After a while, the partner is inclined just to let the sulker stew for a while. Finally, the mo- uh, most spouses get to the point where they do not know what is bothering their spouse and they do not much care. Mm. And so sulking is bad. And and it's funny, you know, because like sometimes after an argument, you know, we like to think that we walk away from it and we're like, okay, it's fine. Like we, we said everything we need to say and like things should move forward. But there does become a sulking period, right? I think you and I both are guilty of that. For sure. I think for a while when we first were um, dating, you had your all the habits you had learned, all the techniques, your own strategies. And you remember that in the beginning, like I always had to give you, what did you call it? Give you a moment, give me a, yeah, give, give you me a minute. minute. Um, and that minute could sometimes last for days. Um, and it was just let you do what you were going to do and sort it out. Like he's saying, and then we would talk about it. Um, and the, for me, the difficult part of that was it didn't let me be part of the process. Um, and I'm glad to say we don't do that now. Um, although I think both of us, myself included, I think I'm guilty of, of sulking and, you know, you'll say it, you'll be like, you know, what's wrong? I'll be like, nothing. You're like, you promise? I'm like, sometimes I say yeah. And sometimes I say no. <laughs> You're a big and sulker. I am. I'm a sulker. Yeah. And it's not, that's not a good way of doing things. And I, I, you know, I'm working on it. I'm becoming less and less of that. I'm trying to either be more open to having the conversations or just having them directly myself. Like that's a new thing for me. I'm not much of an initiator for those issues. I'm like, 
okay, well, you know, this is what it is. That part sucked, but today's a new day, and I just kind of move on, and I'm trying not to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, because it does. It, it it did. It led to sulking, and that, that just doesn't. That's not healthy. It's, it's not, not productive. It's not. That was good. So those two articles, like I said, I, th- I found them to be like super helpful. I thought that they were really great mm-hmm. um, by way of just giving a little bit of perspective on the situation. And again, um, I think fighting is arguing, not fighting, nothing physical, but arguing is super necessary, right? Um, because, you know, you're human beings and we feel and, you know, we get emotional and we have things that we need to get off of our chest, um, but you know, even in that first, in that psychology today article, um, he was talking about, uh, a, a wife that had learned to keep to herself and mm-hmm. like be very monotone. So when she was expressing herself, uh, over a period of time, it was very, you know, monotone, like this is what I'm feeling and, and no one kind of took her seriously. And so after a period of time, what ended up happening was she got so angry that she ended up like kicking over the dining room table because she was so angry behind the situation because she had not been heard or taken seriously about her feelings. And the family of course was, they considered that like an overreaction like she was being dramatic and like all of these and it's funny because you know he was saying like that it's not dramatic of course it's not ideal like of course nobody wants to like kick over dining room tables again you know who wants to lose their security deposit but at the same time that was a normal reaction to a, a history of not being heard and not being able to properly express herself. And so that bubbled over into that scenario. So give yourself the ability to feel, um, you know, you'll find if you are a, a screamer by nature, you know, you yell and, and like you're like very intense behind the situation over a period of time that will diminish and go away because, you know, hopefully your partner is patient enough to like let you express yourself and then help you find healthier ways to express yourself. Um, so that that's not your default anymore. Like it may be like a rare occurrence and things like that. But, um, I just loved the validation of arguments because again, when you put two people together and, and they're supposed to, you know, coexist in a meaningful way, um, not everything is going to be unicorn. No, it's just not going to be. No, no. Again, perfect compatibility is an illusion. It just it just is. Things may not be, you know, they may be effortless. Things may be minimal in your difficulties, but you'll still have them every once in a while. For sure. Um, And it's again, it's normal. It's human. um, And it's okay. It's just knowing how to do it properly and fairly and productively. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, what say you we take a break? That's good. Awesome. Thank y'all. We'll see you guys in a bit. So I'm probably the last person to talk to you about social media. I don't Snapbook. Uh, that's Facebook and Snapchat. I'm not on the Twitter. It's, it's just Twitter. There is no the in front of it. And I barely understand what IG means. Wait, you, you don't know that IG means Instagram? No. <laughs> but I do know one thing. There's a bunch of relationship content on all the social media apps. Uh, yeah, that's right. On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, we are at Pod Relationship. Yep. 
Just look for us and follow, retweet, or whatever it is you do to pay attention to us. <laughs> My goodness. My husband puts up great content related to the podcast. I sure do. You can help us answer listener situation questions. You can check out past and present hashtag gay relationship goals. And you can get updates on relationship related events and activities. So grab your phone. Open up Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Go to the search bar and type in pod relationship and join in on the discussion. We look forward to interacting with each and every one of you via social media. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye. So we are so excited. I think this is just another example of how amazing uh, connectiveness or connectivity or like programs and groups and things like that are because in front of us right now we have the pleasure of uh interviewing and meeting with and talking with people who have become really quick friends with us that we like absolutely love and enjoy but at the same time um another couple that we are so excited to interview on the podcast so thank you guys so much for joining us today please tell our listeners who you are sean and wayne please actually in traditional relationship fashion I would like you to introduce your partner. So tell us who your partner is. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, or girl. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Wayne is a 6'3", dark and handsome gentleman <laughs> that I met on Tinder and um, what, a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And I've loved him since. Oh, so mm. beautiful. I love it. Sean is my tiny tot (laughs) (laughs) that I met not too long ago, 18 months ago, and we've been hitting it off ever since. And if you guys can't tell, Wayne has like the most sensual (laughs) and sexy, velvety, chocolatey, just like his skin, uh, voice in the world. He's beautiful, and I'm so excited. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> We're so excited, you guys. I mean, this is literally hashtag gay love right now. It is. Ga- black gay love right now. And I'm like super excited about this as we were. So we had the pleasure of like going to dinner and like literally like talking and getting to know each other before this. But as I was saying, it's, you know, not often that we have the ability to like highlight or recognize, you know, beautiful black gay love within the community this is true um mm-hmm. and so you guys are absolutely incredible and uh we thank you guys so much for being a part of this my pleasure thank you yeah so we um we actually met via a meetup group you all have heard us um plug meetup many times cut that check um <laughs> but um yeah we we got to meet briefly via meetup but we it was an interesting sort of thing because you all reached out to us we had a marco and i had a joint um meetup account um and you all reached out to us because you wanted the same thing that we did which is just to know other gay couples that are in Mm -hmm. you know sort of monogamous um relationships um and now you know a little bit of uh you know you know texting back and forth and then a quick dinner and here we are on the show oh, we friends are. we're getting ready to travel together too yes. i'm, I'm li- i exactly i'm putting it on the podcast uh-huh. you have to be committed to it <laughs> oh yeah i'm, I'm, in. I'm all in. of it now i'm all in. exactly <laughs> right because if we like go back to the episode and you guys didn't come with us then i'm just going to shame you on oh. social media this for is a verbal contract <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i accept <laughs> 
Awesome. <laughs> you heard it here first. I so I really so we want to like dive right in mm-hmm. and like talk about everything. So how so how long have you guys been together? Since uh, June mm-hmm. June twenty third, twenty seventeen was the okay. first time we met. Mm-hmm. That's so amazing. And you are currently cohabitating. Yes, yes we, we are. are. As of three months, three months we've been wow. living together. Mm. October first. That's mm-hmm. amazing. So, how would you describe your relationship? I would describe it as a gay, obviously, <laughs> homosexual, um, monogamous relationship. I don't know. Have I left out any details? Not at all. We're still growing. We're simple. So, yeah, I love it. Mm. Yeah. Do you get so um, eighteen months together, mm-hmm. monogamous? Mm-hmm. Are you finding that? Uh, I, like I'm just always curious. Like, are, are you finding that monogamy is challenging? Like, is it is it really challenging to be monogamous? I'll be honest. The first three months, maybe maybe four, it was hard because mm. I was coming from a life of where it was this grinder, quick hit. And, sure, you know, so it was just different. Um, but I've grown out of it now, and uh, I can't love anybody else. Hmm. That's amazing. What about for you? Um, for me, I think I kind of. I don't know if I would say it was easier for me, but once I met him, everyone kind of faded into the background a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think the only challenge I really ran into was that I had planned a trip to Paris maybe three months after I met you. And when I planned it, I planned it as a single man. And when I went there, I was like, oh boy, oh God. And um, that was probably the toughest part for me. After that, I was okay, really. I mean, because Parisians can be. Oh, my God. <laughs> let me tell you. I just, it was like I left England. I was like, eh, okay, great. And I got off the train, and something in the air just takes over you, and you're like, oh, my. Paris is a very sexy city. Yeah. Like, it's very <laughs> sensual and it's delicious. It, Tony it. hasn't been either, mm-hmm. and I keep saying, I just want to take you to Paris. Like, it's just. After the DR. 2020. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> so, it's such a sexy city, and everyone's just so cosmopolitan and just mm-hmm. so cool, and it's just mm-hmm. amazing. I just love Paris so much. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you guys, so monogamy has not been hard for you. So, Tony and I have had quite a few. I just am always curious, especially with monogamous couples, because we have run into quite a few <laughs> people that have tried Let's to just say offers. join <laughs> into. Our, uh, you know, I don't know, married bed, if you will. <laughs> Do you have you like? Are the offers? Are the propositions? Like, are people like? Are you guys out there? Like, are people like talking to you, trying to get with you, and things like that? Or has that kind of died off because you're in a relationship? I must say, for me, no, I haven't had any uh, body wanting to join in. Mm. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I hope. Not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think the problem was ever people wanting. To join in, I feel like it was more so people trying to pick us apart. Like yeah. it, they couldn't believe, like, oh, you're in a relationship. Well, that must mean you're open, or oh, you're in a relationship for now mm-hmm. until you know. Yes, you know, I feel like it was never believed. Like, yeah, you're in a relationship. I actually found that most people didn't really take us seriously until mm-hmm. we moved in together. And mm-hmm. Once, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, some of my friends that I told, hey, yeah, I'm living with my boyfriend now. There's like not my friends anymore, mm-hmm. or you know things changed, or they're like, oh, you know this it's is serious. Really serious. Well, yeah. you know we were together what a year and changed before we even moved in together. What would make you think it's not serious? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's interesting. That's very yeah. interesting. It was crazy because um, 
for the first couple of months, I didn't tell anybody because, you know, I was like, maybe this is a month thing and two months pass and then three months and then six months, then a year. And I was like, oh, God, it's really serious. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. then I'm like, ah, oh, we're good. Mm-hmm. I love that. So um, what so 18 months together living together, what have you learned with being in a relationship with one another? Like what's been the like the highest of the highs and what's been the really <laughs> lowest of the lows of living like of being in this relationship so far? Mm. I think the the highest is some of the things that I've learned about myself, like what I'm capable of doing. I don't know, I guess for lack of a better term, I kind of perceived other people's perception of me might have been that I was a bit of an ice queen before (laughs) and I think I kind of bought into it a little bit about myself and then just being with him made me realize wow I'm like capable of so much love and so much um, acceptance and patience and things like that things that I really didn't think I was fully capable of and then the lows (laughs) you also figure out like I guess just being so emotional and caught up in things like how far you can be pushed i guess like i don't know if that makes sense but just being in the emotions of i don't know if we're mad at each other or something i'm like it just takes you so far sometimes and it's a little scary like i'm not gonna hurt you or anything i'm not you know don't be scared (laughs) but it's just like it's amazing sometimes like how much one person can affect you you know, mm-hmm. this is true. It's, yeah. very it's weird. so weird. I know. I like. I. I. There was. I'm not sure Marco's not going to hurt me <laughs> <laughs> if you keep it up. <laughs> um, no, it. You know, I. Tony and I had like a come to Jesus moment at one point in time where I said like I've gotta stop letting you control my emotions mm-hmm. because I don't know when or where or how mm-hmm. this happened, but I like the way that I let you affect me mm-hmm. is like not healthy. Mm-hmm. It's not good. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's not good. And I don't know where it came from and I don't know why. Maybe it's from caring too much. Right. Right. Um, that it, 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 it crossed over into that territory, but I don't want to do it anymore. Like mm-hmm. I just want to enjoy you for you. And I want to stop letting the like things that piss me off, piss me off to the level of wanting to smother you. Like, you know, like the, those are the th- like, I just, I don't want to like affect myself mm-hmm. in that way anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just not fair or fun anymore. So I can understand exactly what you're saying because um, you, you just don't want to do that. Like you, mm-hmm. you just need to learn that that grown up version of patience, right, right, right. that grown up version of like, all right, he's just doing him mm-hmm. and I'm going to do me mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it over here. I'm going to be real mad for a little bit and then I'm going to get over it. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. you know. And I think, I think you really hit it um, kind of on the head, which is, you know, a lot of people think relationships, you know, they're about the other person, but they do. They teach you so much about yourself, about right. your actual limits, the lows and the highs um, of what you're capable of and how far you can stretch and maybe how far you already were and you just weren't familiar with sort of those fringes of um, that part of yourself. Um, so I think, I think that's great. What about, what about for you? Yeah, what about you, Sean? Hmm. Uh, compromise has been the, 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 the biggest part because, you know, you realize that it's not just just me hmm. it's, it's him as well you mm-hmm. know so i got to be able to say well hmm, if i'm making a choice that choice is not just for me alone but i have to keep him in mind as well um and that's been the biggest thing and so far it's i must say we haven't had any major scraps so far which but is it, good what does compromise mean to you i think compromise has a different definition for everybody mm-hmm. some people compromise means like 
well, this is what I want, and you just need to relent and no. do <laughs> and do. Like, it, that's it, compromise that is, for that certain. Is, that is not the definition of it compromise. Will for that's me, compromise it for some people, right? right? And sometimes true. compromise for others is like meeting in the middle. Sometimes that's, that's it for sometimes me. Sometimes compromise for people is like not meeting in the middle, but recreating what works for both true, parties. True. So what does it so mean for, to for you? For me, it's, it's both. Both of those that you just said, right? It's okay. either meeting in the middle or totally scrapping it totally, and then find a different path to getting where we need to be. I love it. You know. So that's, mm. that's for me. And has that been easy for you to like grab onto Wayne? Like, is that something that you're good at, or is compromise something that you're good at? I think, I think at face value, yes. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I think I put up a good front sometimes. I'm very compromising, and then the tur- there's a bit more turmoil on the inside where I'm like, fuck. But <laughs> you know, it, it's become definitely become easier over time. Because I stopped thinking about myself so much, you know. Mm-hmm. You get in before a relationship, you're so much into your routine and everything, right? And then you do things your way all the time, and now you can't, mm-hmm. and that sometimes sucks. It, it, it does. It does. It was really yeah. challenging for me and us in our relationship because I'm so fiercely independent mm-hmm. that Tony coming into my life, I was like, "Mofo, you need to get out of my way. <laughs> like, you need to hop." on board this train or get your ass left at the station mm-hmm. because this train ain't gonna stop mm-hmm. like it, it's mm-hmm. just what it is and, Tony, and i'm such a creature of habit and routine um and yeah you always were constantly throwing wrenches in the cogs oh, yeah man. and Tony was like wait what the fuck are you doing right now <laughs> yeah so he thought it was kind of weird and so compromise for us came in the sense of like I can't see his way. He can't see my way. So we mm-hmm. have to, we have to almost recreate our reality mm-hmm. to be able to make mm-hmm. it work mm-hmm. for us because it, it doesn't make sense to try to convince each other right, right, that right. like the way that we're I think that's the works. hardest part. That's mm-hmm. the hardest part. Cause you create some big fights. Girl. <laughs> Cause we're both setting our ways and it's like, mm-hmm. listen, either you're going to come over here cause I'm not coming over there. So it's, you know, like, yeah. you know, but we've learned to say, cause I think we had a conversation before where we said, listen, whenever we're going to have a conversation, we need pen and paper. Cause I just want to hear what he says. Cause I'm not listening to anything else. I just want to respond to the one point you just made sure. and everything else that you say. I didn't hear it. Sure. Cause I just want to respond to you. So I said, you know, listen, next time we have a conversation, like a deep conversation, we need to have pen and paper. So we jot down notes and then it'll be effective when we actually have a conversation, mm. not just listen to respond, but you know, listen to actually understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying. You know? That could so. actually help too. Cause you think about like literally doing technique. the recorder on your phone, on your yeah. cell phone and recording the entire conversation True. and then sending it to each other and then giving each other the opportunity to go back and listen to it. Mm-hmm. And then saying like, mm. see, do you mm-hmm. hear yourself right now? Mm-hmm. Do you hear you right now? Mm-hmm. That could be really interesting. This that is, is, it's a great technique. There's a there's a wonderful um, part about um, the seven habits uh, that talks about like you seek to understand people first, mm-hmm. um, and so often we don't do that. We are waiting for our turn to be heard, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we're not we're even waiting guilty. for our turn to be heard. We're waiting for our turn to speak because we don't even care <laughs> right. if we guilty. get heard. We just want to mm-hmm. speak. Uh-huh. Um, and so yeah, I think that's great. Like the striving to understand the other person first and it's really challenging because we all have big egos um, and needs Um, you know we have we have a lot going on so like we want we want to be heard um but that's 
I think that's the beauty of it. I think that's where the strength really can come from that's is right. like we all want that's the right. same thing. We want mm-hmm. to be heard. Mm-hmm. So maybe offering that to your partner first. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, um, that's one of the, the tenets of my faith is, you know, giving victory to, to others first. You know, mm-hmm. you, you let your partner have that thing that you really want and you'll be surprised how quickly that opens the door for you to receive it. Well, that's been, I think the thing that I, Tony and I, I think we were telling you guys over dinner, you know, the first two years of marriage, this is something that no one talks about, um, is really challenging. It was really challenging for us. Like there was, I can't say the first two years of all marriage, but definitely ours. It was, it was really, really, really Mm -hmm. challenging. And I think like getting to know each other in this married state was a really, I don't know. I talked to a really good friend of mine who got married right before we did. And she was like, I don't know that I know the man that I married because I thought I was getting into something different and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it just felt different after we got married. But um, I kind of forgot the point that I was on. Anyways, we were talking about um, how there there was just this difference in how things were. And we, um, I don't know, we kind of got ourselves to a point where we just weren't listening to each other anymore right. because we were spending so much time trying to convince each other mm. of, of what it was that we were feeling was valid mm-hmm. right right. and we kind of got over that like mm-hmm. we don't argue that anymore mm-hmm. like sometimes it's just okay to say okay babe mm-hmm. <laughs> okay <laughs> and then just letting that go mm-hmm. and instead of like going literally being a ram every right. single time right. and trying to go to battle every single time it, it, it's easier to just say you know what mm-hmm. all right not a big deal because it's not going to put me that far out of my way to mm-hmm. like do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. You know, true, true, true. I know for me. Oh no, you were. I'm saying you were going to say something. No, go ahead. I'll, I'll go right after you. I, I I know for me what it was was something just sort of clicked and slid into space, and it was, you know, so often um, I was like, well, what he's saying just like that just doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I finally because I have a very very thick skull. Um, and, and I finally, I finally let it become a little porous. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I realized like, if I don't care about it and it matters to you, Mm -hmm. then like, why don't I just give you what you want? Cause if I don't care, then it's not a big lift. Mm -hmm. Um, and that just like changed things so much for me, so Mm -hmm. much Mm -hmm. and did so much conflict. Um, but and it helps you guys. I've got to, and I, I, but I've got, to, I've got to tell you, like Tony and I have been living in a really harmonious way mm-hmm. as of late because mm-hmm. of that. Like it's been lifted, and again, sometimes. And I told him a, a, a little while ago where I said, you know, I'm not going to argue with you anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just don't have the patience. I don't have the ability to do it anymore. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to say, okay, babe, and I'm just going to let mm. that be true. Right, right, and right. it's going to be fine for me. And I'm not saying it in a condescending way. I'm not saying it in like a somewhat combative way. I'm saying mm-hmm. it in like a, okay, babe. I like, got you. Right, okay. Right, right, like, right. Not a big deal. Mm. Wow. It's kind of interesting, huh? Mm. It's very interesting. It, it is. For me, when, I, when I, uh, I told him initially that I said, listen, I welcome issues. I welcome them because we have to face these. No couple goes out in life and said, hey, everything is absolutely perfect. Impossible. It's really impossible. Mm. But I told myself, listen, if we get to a roadblock, it's up to us to figure it out and pass that roadblock. And believe it or not, that issue that we have will make us stronger. That's all that it does. It'll either one, make us stronger 
or just break us apart. So, so, t- so I, that's an amazing. I kind of want to go a little bit deeper in that. So, tell our listeners a little bit about like your background, like. Mm-hmm. You know, where are you from? Are your parents still together? Mm-hmm. Like, what was your, like, your you familial healthy background? relationship models? Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, I'm initially, well, I'm from Jamaica, born and bred. Uh, came here when I was 14. Um, Jamaica is very homophobic society. For but sure. believe it or not, we have homosexuals there because we're everywhere. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so coming here, it was just an eye opener because I was able to be more free, you know. Um, didn't come out to my parents as yet, believe it or not. Yes, eventually I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> okay. He so just it's, shot it's, Dwayne <laughs> the funniest <laughs> look. I can't see it, but he just shot Wayne the funniest look. <laughs> But, um, you know, having been here, you know, it makes me a little more open to things. I'm taking it little by little. You know, everybody doesn't come out at the same time. I'm just waiting for my opportunity to do so. However, um, coming here, went to high school. It was quite lovely. Um, You know, had struggles there. I'm a church boy. Yes, I said it. I'm a church boy. So I went to church from I was, you know, knee eye until now. You know, um, so having that background or whatever, it's it's it was difficult being gay. You know, there was times when I struggled with myself saying, why am I gay? And after a while, I was like, fuck it. I am gay. Deal with it. You know, exactly. um, so with all that, you know, today I'm like, I'm, I can't believe I'm living with a man. Live with my my man. So, <laughs> yeah, live with my man. <laughs> so coming from there, from a homosexual, uh, from a, we call it now, um, um a homophobic society to live with my man it's it's been like the ride of my life and hopefully i get to spend you know quite a lot more years with him so, yeah what about you wayne what's been what's your background are your parents still together mm, both, okay. my parents are still together um <laughs> they're still together but i don't really think they're happily together hmm. they've been together yeah <laughs> He actually came for their 30th um, yes. wedding anniversary and oh he my. took all the pictures for um, hmm. their 30th anniversary party. Mm-hmm. Um, they're together, but I think my mom's kind of checked out. Yeah, and right, I think right, the right. reason being is that my dad, over the years, my mom has been able to kind of progress. You know, she went, she finished her degree be- right before she had me hmm. for her first. And then she went on and did her second. And she's done a lot of things to better herself. And my dad's like, nah, I'm good. You know, same 25-year-old. He's, what, like 50, 57 now? It's the same guy. You know, there hasn't been much mm. progression, progression there. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've seen how they've kind of... Grown apart. Drift apart. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm not... I don't dig too deep because my mom gets a little too emotional about it. But, oh. you know, they're together, but mentally, not really. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, my older sister... She was married. She's now divorced, um, which is a whole other story. She got... My parents are Guyanese, both of them. Mm-hmm. And my sister... GT. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and my, my sister is actually um, my father's child, not my mother's. But my mom, you know, my mom thinks of her as her own child. Mm-hmm. So there's really no problem there. But, um, you know, her relation, her marriage didn't really work out either. Um and I think the relationship that I looked up to the most growing up wasn't really my parents. It was my uncle and my aunt. They were so close. They were just so... Everything about them was so close. And then they ended up divorced. Wow. And it just came out that, 
you know, their relationship was like everyone else's, like even worse than what my mom goes through sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think I, along the way, I kind of didn't really believe in long-term relationships after a while because I was like, well, clearly, if they can't do it, no one else can do it. (laughs) And then just like you, I grew up in the church, Mm -hmm. like very deep in the church, seven-day Adventist. Mm-hmm. And that is like bad Ventus. Mm-hmm. Everybody's <laughs> it's it's so tight more so than I mean I'm sure Pentecostals everyone's close and everything but they it's are, a whole nother level. There's a structure. There's a structure yeah, to Ventus and church. Strict whole another structure. Level. Yeah. No, it's I mean it's like yeah. I I always say it's kind of like the black version of Mormonism, if right. you will. Because right. it, yeah, yes. it, it's kind of it's very interesting. It, it has its own culture and subcultures within it. It's so deep. It's mm-hmm. a whole nother level. And that was a big part of my life up until a couple of years ago, really. I didn't really know anything else. So I had, and like you too, go, going through college was a struggle because it's constantly like you go to church on Saturdays and forced chapels mm-hmm. and they're telling you this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong and you go home and you're like yeah but don't, it don't feel so wrong mm-hmm. you know and it was a constant struggle for a while but uh, you know eventually I grew into my own you know I had to separate myself and you know through self-discovery you know I became the person I am today and I mean I, I'm grateful for it because i don't think i'd be the person for him Mm -hmm. that i'm able to be today without those experiences so Hmm. do you think that your lack uh, and i don't mean to sound harsh so please forgive me but Mm -hmm. do you think that your lack of a solid relationship model led you to want to like achieve it yourself oh definitely Uh, I I think cause I think Tony has done that because he didn't necessarily have that like by mm. way of his parents like right, it, right, it didn't right. exist in that mm. form so for him I think that like seeing his grandparents seeing his uncle and aunt who we've interviewed on the podcast and everything like that mm-hmm. was like oh the it, aunt and the uncle not the grandparents the aunt and the uncle <laughs> was like oh it does exist in other people mm-hmm, so like mm-hmm. I want to achieve this for myself mm-hmm. like gave him the like push because he was like i know it exists out there in mm-hmm. some capacity even if it didn't exist in like my own home oh, i know right, it does right, exist right. out there mm-hmm. whereas i saw because i'll be completely honest with you like i grew up in a home where my mom and dad were very combative with one another so there was mm-hmm. quite a bit of like just anger that grew up in my home so mm-hmm. My mom and dad have been together for 35 years, Uh, and I don't know how... It's not that I don't know how many of them have been happy, but I don't know how many of them have been tranquil. There you go. Right, right, right. And I um, found myself feeling like I needed to be in a relationship that did not mirror exactly oh. what I grew up under. Like, I wanted a more mm-hmm. stable, more loving. Like, I mm-hmm. wanted to be connected to my husband. I wanted to feel in love with my husband daily. And so sometimes when I feel like I want... Because I feel my... I see it. I find myself... I'm like, oh, I'm pushing myself away from him right now. Or I'm wanting to, like, not be bothered by him right now. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to, like, do my own thing. I'm like, nope, Marco, get it back together. Mm-hmm. Like, 
this is the man that you married. This man that's going to be here all right, right. throughout your thin, entire right. life. Uh-huh. So you better get used to it. At or this at least point. the rest of the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you got to get through this, right? You got to right. do this. So mm-hmm, we get it mm-hmm. together and then go hug him. Go love him. Right, kiss right, him, right, right, right. Him, go hold his hands. Go mm-hmm, like, do mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. and let him know that that connection is still alive and kicking. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I find myself doing that. So for me, it was that. It was uh-huh. like, I, I got to do what doesn't come natural right, so that right. I can make Absolutely. it natural. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think for him, it was, I got to do what doesn't exist naturally for me mm-hmm. in my world so that I can make it my natural, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. Yeah. I did find that, that it gave me more fuel for the fire. It definitely gave me more drive, I guess, mm-hmm. um, because I wanted to see it happen. I wanted to know what it looked like. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so we are going to end this first part right here. We're mm-hmm. going to take a short break, but everyone can check in with us on the next episode for part two of this interview because we have so much more to cover mm-hmm. with the guys. Thank you guys again so much for being a part of this episode. You guys have been incredible thus far. My pleasure. Thank mm-hmm. you. So before we end this first episode, tell us um, where we can find you on social media or if there's anything that we can find you on social media about. Okay, um, you can find me. Um, what's my Instagram handle? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> CJ underscore the human. Um, we're actually both of us are going to be forming a meetup soon for couples who kind of identify the same way we do, and for people who are interested on just a topic of I guess right, LG, just LGBT yeah. couples in general. Anybody yeah. interested? But mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be kind of a f- not to be like. Not to uninclude anyone, mm-hmm. but it's kind of going to be kind of centered to how our relationships runs in a sense. Like, right, right, right. No, you know. So if that interests you, if you have any questions or or just generally interested, we'll let you know when that yeah. meetup is made. You guys it's can in the process. Check back in with us because we will definitely be touching base with mm-hmm. both Wayne and Sean and. And oops, something just dropped. <laughs> um, any information that y'all pass along with us regarding the meetup group, mm-hmm. we will definitely make a commercial and, and, and right, pass right, along right. to our listeners so mm-hmm. that they know how to join. We'll let you know when it, it drops. Because Tony, <laughs> pun intended, I like mm-hmm. what you just did there. Thank you. Good. <laughs> um, but we will definitely be a part of this as well because we want to be able Absolutely. to help out because this yeah. is exactly what relationship is all about, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That That's exactly what it's all about. Exactly. That. So mm-hmm. awesome. Well, thank you guys for being a part of this first part of the conversation. We will see you guys next week for Absolutely. the second part. Part two. Because um, we have so many more questions. I know. We didn't even cover uh, half of them. Not, not at all. I know. All. Time goes by so quickly. <laughs> it does right? when you're having Time fun. Time goes by. Exactly. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back with um, some of you guys' listener situations. Bye for now. Hello, Hello, listeners. listeners. We are here to present a fun opportunity to you. Do you know of a queer couple that you want us to feature on the show? If so, send an email to relationshipquestions at gmail.com or tag us on social media at podrelationship. Tony and I may feature this couple on one of our episodes. We want to thank you for joining us each week and for helping to make this podcast the success that it is. We are going to get back to the show, but we look forward to connecting with each and every one of you. 
and we look forward to highlighting more of these queer relationships that you love. Enjoy the rest of the show. Bye! Bye. And now it's time for our listener situations. That's right. Send your relationship questions or comments to relationshipquestions at gmail.com. Tony and I will read your emails here on the show and do our best to give some guidance because I be the baddie be, Barbie tings, begging body be, everybody be, on my D, yo, I gotta be, in reality, suck a D, if you dad at me, back to the back, back to the back, back to the back, back to the back. Woo! I know, right? Get it, babe. Good form. <laughs> it really should come on a cone. Okay. So we're going like three albums back. That's cool. <laughs> All right. I'm going to read this here letter. Why don't you do that? Hello, gentlemen. My name is Jacob and I live in Portland. Yay! I've been wanting somebody from Portland to write us. I love Portlandia. Portlandia. Uh, I've been catching up on your show and I think that it's wonderful. Well, thank you, Jacob. Duh. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> You're dumb. I'm so glad to hear the things that we need to be telling each other spoken so freely by people who so clearly love and respect each other. Oh, it's very liberating and fulfilling. Thank you so much. I'm writing because I have a problem or a situation, as you call it. Yes, we do. My boyfriend and I recently entered that phase of dating where you tell each other deeply personal things. We've talked about our pain, our losses, our fears. It was deeply intimate, but I sensed that he had a little more difficulty than I did throughout each of the conversations. Now he seems to be distant from me. He doesn't respond to my texts as quickly as he used to. He isn't coming over as often. He makes up what I think are excuses as to why we can't spend time together. He's only having meals with me in public. We used to eat at each other's houses frequently. And we do. Uh, and when we do spend time together, he tells me that everything is okay, but I can sense that something is wrong. What can I do? I really care for him, but I feel him slipping away. Do I confront the issue? Do I give him space? Is there a right answer? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks in advance, fellas. Yes and no. Okay, on to the next one. No, <laughs> you know what? It. I'm going to actually... Let you answer this first, because I feel like you have had more experience with this with me because of the way this is being described. So I actually think like you'll probably have the better advice because I feel like the person he's describing is me. So I'm going to let you take it first. Interesting. You think, uh, well, I will tell you right now, that's very interesting to me. Um, I feel like vulnerability in a relationship is a really, really challenging concept within itself. Um, and when you get, <clears throat> excuse me, when you get two people together and you expect them to be vulnerable, be fully themselves, be uh, who they are, like literally dredge up all of the past and all of that stuff so that you can get to know one another better it's not easy it's actually very very intimidating and quite frightening as well right because uh there are just parts of your relationship like i think everyone just kind of wants to put their best face forward but that is not reality right like that like you know you can't curate it like you do your instagram page <laughs> you can't do that there's like more to it than just that right there's more to you than just that so i feel like it's very very challenging so um my advice to you is to back off 
you you kind of have to back off. I would make a very uh, I would you know do one statement and I would let him know. I mean, because I'm all about communication. I think everyone knows that at this point, like talking and letting your partner know where you stand and how you feel about the situation is imperative. So I think it's important for you to talk to him and say, you know what, I'm really concerned that uh, our vulnerability our you know our conversation about like who we are like that deep dive into our situation um actually acted in a not positive way for our relationship uh and i'm i'm a tiny bit frightened that it's kind of pushed you a little bit away from me so what i'm going to do is give you the space that i think you need right now to kind of mull over everything that's happened figure out where you stand with it all see how you want to like move forward with everything I will always be here and I'm looking forward to you talking to me and you know wanting to like dive right back into the situation because I actually do care about you and really want to make this work Um, but I feel like if I force myself on you that it's not going to do anything but push you further and further and further away from me Um, so know that I understand what's going on and I am here to be a part of the situation and I care about you, but I think it best that I kind of take a teeny bit of a step back, um, until you allow me to move forward with you, uh, once you figure it all out with yourself. Mm. And I think that that's the best way of doing it because you can't force yourself on him. Uh, because again, it's just going to push him even further away. I think that's very good advice. As someone who has gone through this feeling with you, I would just add one thing to it, which is give your partner, boyfriend, whatever, um, some other opportunities to practice those same skills in a way that is a little bit less intimidating, right? So intimacy is a is a powerful, scary thing, um, and having language for something or creating language for something that you've never had language before for before is is really difficult um and so everything marco said i would totally agree with and i would just add one thing which is try to find a few ways to like have small conversations that are similar um in that they're intimate but they're not as deeply intimate right so um things about like art things about shows you watch things about things you're reading things about attitudes that people have things in the news like whatever just small opportunities to compare notes on how you feel about different things that you're both capable of talking about because even though that sounds silly and little it's it really is the same skill and it does translate and it also creates a space that where it's safe to test those skills but also be vulnerable enough to show that when it really matters maybe you don't have as many of the skills and you're working on them you know so it it sort of opens up the the opportunity for more sure I love it. I think that's a great idea. And also, I mean, kind of, I think to combine the two of uh, things that we just talked about, I would also say that once you do that, let's say he does invite you back into his life in a meaningful way, and he kind of just wants to move past all that. It's really important that you do not... um, uh, that you do not beat him over the head with his past mm. and and make him feel guilty about it. So kind of get over all that stuff and and move forward in 
going and having fun and knowing what you know and knowing that you both know what you know but like not making it a constant reminder for him so Mm. that he has to relive it every single day instead do yourself the favor of saying you know what we had a good time together before we knew all this shit about one another so let's like have fun like let's continue having fun let's go bowling let's go you know ice skating like let's do all of the things that we used to do let's watch movies let's interact with each other in a fun meaningful in-depth kind of way that has nothing to do with your past and then if we need to talk about it at least you know that i'm still here and we can talk about it at a later date when you're ready because i'm not going to force you to do anything about it i think that's all sound advice Awesome. So we're going to end it right here, guys. Um, As a reminder, if you want to catch the next listener situation, you're going to have to tune into our IGTV channel. That's right. Tony and I have launched Relationship, which is a after the show conversation about uh, relationships. So um, our next listener situation is a part of the relationship at a relation relationship. See, there's too much shit going on. Um, <laughs> relationship. Darn you, conjugation. I know it's too much. <laughs> um, it's uh, a part of the relationship episode where we are going to talk a little bit more in depth about the conversation that Tony and I had during this episode. We're going to uh, reconvene about the guest that we had during this episode, and then we're going to listen to and read your listener situation live on well quote-unquote live on relation chat and then um try to give our guidance there on the show so tune in uh on to our igtv that's of course at pod relationship on instagram um and then if you have your listener situations that you would like to send our way of course you know you can email us at relationship questions at gmail.com we're gonna take a quick break but we'll be back in just a bit uh a uh, bye So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of this really important conversation. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pod Relationship. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us. And tell your next door neighbor how great this is. For shizzle. You can also email us at relationshipquestions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments that you'd like us to address here on the show. And don't forget to check out our IGTV channel, Relationship, for a behind-the-scenes post-show conversation about this week's episode Plus our second listener situation. Damn right. Tony and I will be here to harass your ears next week. And remember, you can do all that shit and more.